Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Jack Benny Show and the Phil Harris Show and the Jack Benny Show again. <laughs> we got our Phil Harris sandwich going here. It's 2018. You get a chance to spend Halloween with Jack on both of his episodes. I'm not sure if Phil's is a Halloween episode or not. I only heard the part of it that's going over homework. And uh, it's a fun uh, episode as well. But uh, the first one with Jack is the beginning scene is just so funny, that whole beginning bit. And I laugh out loud every time I hear it. I'm not going to give it away, but just um, it's a great, great bit for Jack. And uh, he gets a chance to spend some time with um, the beavers, the Beverly Hill beavers that uh, we love to, to have him spend time with so much. Um, I'm not sure if they're really the beavers or they're just supposed to be kids in the neighborhood, but they're the same actors that usually play the beavers. Anyway, I hope you're going to really enjoy all of these shows. The intro that I do before the last show is a fairly long one, but I decided to keep it. It's from five years ago, but I go over one of Jack's books that's out, and uh, it's a really good book, and I get a chance to spend some time with that, and some folks have really enjoyed that one. So anyway, I'll just go short today for this one, since that one's going to be long. <laughs> in, in about an hour, you'll get to the long one. But enjoy all three shows, and have yourself a wonderful Halloween, and we'll see you next time. The Jack Benny Program, presented by America's largest selling cigarette, Lucky Strike. At 62, American. Lucky Strike, first again with tobacco men. Yes, first again with the men who really know tobacco, the independent buyers, auctioneers, and warehousemen. And a recent impartial survey reveals that more of these independent tobacco experts smoke Lucky Strike regularly than the next two leading brands combined. Remember, these are the experts who, year after year, can see the makers of Lucky Strike consistently select and buy that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. And for their own personal smoking enjoyment, they choose Lucky Strike. So let this overwhelming preference of the tobacco experts lead you to real deep-down smoking enjoyment. Just light up a Lucky, and puff by puff, you'll see... L-S-M-F-T... L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, and this fine Lucky Strike tobacco means a world of smoking enjoyment for you. Yes, you'll like Lucky Strike. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. gentlemen, tonight is Halloween, and in Beverly Hills, as in communities all over the country, the little goblins have already started through the neighborhood playing trick or treat. Well, this is the last house in the block. Before we go to the next street, I think we ought to put all the stuff we got in one big bag. You go first, Bobby. I'm Joy. Bobby and me changed masks. Uh, Well, it doesn't make any difference. Let's all empty our pockets and see what we got. I'll go first. I got a piece of fudge. A stick of gum and two lollipops. I got an apple, some popcorn, two cookies, and a chocolate bar. I got some lemon drops, a peppermint stick, and a donut. I got a Tootsie Roll, a package... 
package of Lifesavers and a can of Strongheart. <laughs> hmm, dog food, huh? Hey, fellas, we're wasting time. Let's get over to the next street and knock on some more doors. Yeah, yeah let's yeah, go. Yeah, let's go. Hey, Bobby, there's that new kid that moved into the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Hey, Butch. Hiya, fellas. You playing trick-or-treat, too? Yeah, I've been to every house in the neighborhood. You have? Hey, what do you got in that big gunny sack? A walnut and two jelly beans. <laughs> ah, Beverly Hills. <laughs> Say, Butch, I want you to meet the treasurer of our club, Mr. Jack Benny. Hiya, Mr. Benny. Hello, Butch. You can be very proud that you've met Mr. Benny. I can't? Why? You've just shaken the hand that knocked out Gene Tunney. <laughs> Gosh, Gene Tunney. With that old right cross to that kisser in the third round. Right, killer? Well, I, uh... I know that you kids have a tendency to exaggerate. It, it wasn't the seventh round. <laughs> That's what it was, eh? Tell Butch why Mr. Benny went to England this year. Yeah, Mr. Benny was the most decorated athlete in the United States Olympic team. <laughs> Gee, what if that was Ian? Are you kidding? In the same afternoon, he won the 100-meter dash, the pole vault, the discus throw, the broad jump, the high hurdles, and the diving contest. Holy smoke. And then he had to run 12 miles back to the Palladium to be in time for his evening performance. <laughs> And it wasn't easy running with all those medals on. Oh, boy, what an athlete. Yeah, but Mr. Benny doesn't want anybody to know it. He even wears big pads in his coat so his muscles won't show. <laughs> and not, on, not only that, Butch, Mr. Benny's in the movies, too. He made a picture called... Oh, come the... on, fellas, let's go. <laughs> Halloween will be over before we know it. Now, let's go ring some more doorbells. Okay. Hey, kids, this is the street where Mary Livingston lives. Mary Livingston? Isn't that the girl you said was nuts about you? Yeah, yeah. I'm going over and call on her. Listen, I'll see you back here in a few minutes. Okay. Gee, I hope Mary's maid is out tonight so she'll open the door herself. Boy, will this mask fool her. Trick or treat? Oh, Pauline, it's probably some kid. I'll go and see. Mary, it's me. Oh, for heaven's sake. Pauline, come out from under the bed. Oh, did the wolf man go away? It's not a wolf man. It's Mr. Benny. He pulled, pulled his toupee down over his face and cut two eyes in it. <laughs> yeah. Say, Mary, do you mind if I come in and sit down for a few minutes? I'm worn out. Worn out? Why are you so tired? I don't know. I guess I haven't gotten over the Olympics, you know? What? I mean, I walked over from Olympic Boulevard. <laughs> oh, boy. Let me get into that chair. Say, Jack, I received an advanced copy of the Saturday Evening Post. There's a big article in it about you. There is? Let me see it. Here you are. Oh, yeah. Say, look at that picture of me. Say, I look pretty good, don't I? A lot of color in my face. Put on your glasses. That's an ad for Campbell's tomato soup. Oh. You were looking at a tomato. Thank heaven. I thought I had a stem growing out of my head. There 
there's your picture on the other side. Oh, yeah. And there are my writers around the swimming pool. <laughs> what are you laughing at? They look like four gophers coming up for air. <laughs> I can't understand it. I pay them enough to get their teeth straightened. <laughs> Gosh, my feet hurt. Mary, do you mind if I slip off my shoes? No, go right ahead. Okay. <clears throat> ah, that feels better. You know, Mary, we've walked all over the neighborhood. Jack, I know that's a nice bunch of kids who belong to the Beavers Club, but you're too old for them. But, Mary, it's good for kids to have a hero, you know, an idol, someone they can worship. I know, but what kind of an excuse are you going to give them Wednesday when they find out you weren't elected president? <laughs> that's what worries me. The kids won't believe it, you know. They'll demand a recount. Oh, well, I'll think of something, you know. Mr. Oh, the beavers are calling me. I gotta go. All right, Claire. I'm glad you stopped by. Yeah, good night, Mary. Good night. Gee, Miss Livingston, did Mr. Benny have to go away so soon? Mm, don't worry, Pauline. He'll be back. Well, how do you know? He forgot his shoes. <laughs> Here. Thanks. Fellas, I'm coming. Now, let's go ring some more doorbells. Yeah, and let's hurry. I gotta be home by 10 o'clock. Me, too. That's what I told me old lady. Butch. Butch, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Now, what kind of language is that for a beaver? Told me old lady. Told me old lady. <laughs> Kids. Kids, beavers. Did you hear that? I didn't hear anything. Neither did I. But you must have heard it. There was an echo when I said, Oh, no. No, I'm not going to say that again. Say what? Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even say it then. What's the matter with me, anyway? Oh, well, come on, kids. Come on, let's play some more trick-or-treat. Hey, Joey, I'm new here. What goes with this jerk? He ain't no jerk. He's just tired from the Olympics. Come on, come on, Beaver. Don't lag back. Let's go. Gee, kids, we've walked about three miles since we left Mary's house. Hey, Mr. Benny, isn't this the house where Dennis Day lives? Yeah. Hey, let me go up alone. I want to scare Dennis's mother. You kids wait here, I think I'll look in the front window first, see if Mrs. Day is home. Good, it's open, too. Oh, Dennis! <laughs> Dennis, where are you? I'm in the library, Benita. <laughs> Dennis, stop imitating Ronald Coleman. Now go sit down and finish your dinner. Okay. Say, Mother, why are you carrying that baseball bat? In case some fathead comes to the door to play trick or treat. <laughs> Hmm. Dennis, what happened to all the mustard that was in this jar? Oh, I used it to play a Halloween trick. A Halloween trick with mustard? Yeah, I smeared it all over your new nightgown. <laughs> what? You smeared mustard on my new nightgown? Not so loud. You're not supposed to find out till you go to bed. <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake. Oh, Mother, what are you mad about? I was a good sport last Halloween when I found my suit tied in knots and a dead mouse in my pocket. Oh, that's horrible. Who played a stupid trick like that on you? I did. <laughs> mm. Every 
every day they're getting babies mixed up in the hospital, but I had to get the right one. <laughs> now, Dennis. Dennis, you've got to rehearse your song for the program. Yes, Mother. out of here. I wouldn't go near Mrs. Day with that baseball bat in her hand. Hey, Mr. Benny, did you scare Dennis's mother? Nah, there was nobody home. Well, I thought I heard somebody singing with a beautiful voice. Oh, that was me. <laughs> Down among the sheltering palms of my honeymoon. <laughs> my honeymoon. Hey, kids. Hey, kids, here's a friend of mine coming down the street. You hide in the bushes, and I'll put on my mask and scare him. Okay. <laughs> Oh, boy, when he sees his mask, he'll jump out of his skin. Boom! Hello, Mr. Benny! <laughs> oh, oh, hello, Mr. Kitzel. How'd you recognize me? <laughs> Who else wears button shoes? <laughs> Oh, yes, yeah. Well, Mr. Kitzel, uh, what are you doing out on the street? You know, don't you know this is Halloween? Yes, I know. This is the night when hobgoblins and spooks and monsters and witches are roaming the streets. Well, then what are you doing out? I'm looking for my wife. <laughs> oh. You know, we went to the movies and we got separated by the crowd. Oh, the movies? Now, what picture did you see? Johnny Belinches. <laughs> no, no. No, no, Mr. Kitzel. Mr. Kitzel, that's Johnny Belinda. Oh. And wasn't Jane Wyman wonderful in that picture? She played such an unusual part. You no, know, she was dumb and she couldn't speak a single word. <laughs> to hear my wife like that. <laughs> oh, your wife talks a lot, huh? All the time, all the time. What does she talk about? Who listens? <laughs> You 
know, I hope someday, you know, tonight especially, that she gets home early so she can straighten up the house. Some kids tipped it over. <laughs> tipped over your house? Yeah. It must be awfully small. Small? In the morning, if you get out of the right side of the bed, you're in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. If you get out on the left side of the bed, you're in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And if you get out of the front of the bed, you're on the sunset bus. <laughs> You have got a small house. Yeah. Well, goodbye, Mr. Benny. Goodbye, Mr. Kitzel. It was nice uh, meeting you again. Likewise, I'm convinced. <laughs> hey, kids. Hey, kids, Beavers. Beavers, where are you? Well, here we are, Mr. Benny. When you were talking to that man, we rang some more doorbells. Yeah, we're dividing up the stuff we got. We dumped it out on the sidewalk. We got a lollipop, a stick of gum, a penny, a bottle of Coke, and a Tootsie Roll. I'll take the Coca-Cola. I'll take the Tootsie Roll. I'll take the lollipop. Now, it's between you and me, Mr. Benny. Which do you want, the stick of gum or the penny? <laughs> well, I, I guess I'll take the stick of gum. Okay, get your foot off the penny. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Say, kids, look at while we're in this neighborhood, let's go over to Phil Harris's house. Okay. Ah, here we are, boys. This is Mr. Harris's house. Now, look at you kids go up to the door, and I'll hide here behind these bushes. Okay. Huh? No, fellas, this has been an awful tame Halloween. Yeah, let's have some fun. Let's tip over Mr. Harris's trash can. Okay, here goes. <laughs> Gee, doesn't he ever buy anything in cans? <laughs> Go, go ahead, go ahead and ring the bell. Okay, I'll ring the bell and then we'll all hide. I guess Mr. Harris isn't home. His wife answered the door. Yeah, look at her standing there. Isn't she beautiful? Well, who is it? Who rang the bell? <laughs> She's beautiful, all right, but she sure got a deep voice. <laughs> Oh, there you are. Hey, you boys out celebrating Halloween? Uh-huh. Trick or treat. Oh, trick or treat, huh? Well, which would you kids rather have? We'd rather have the treat. Okay, here goes. Oh, won't you come with me to Alabama? There we'll meet my dear old mammy. She's frying eggs and broiling ham. Bell! That's what I like about the South High, you, Jackson. <laughs> you with these boys, or are you working solo? <laughs> Look, I'm with the boys. And we're having a lot of fun playing trick-or-treat. Well, I bet you can't wait till Easter when the fuzzy wuzzy bunny rabbit hides a dead a bitsy <laughs> Never mind that, Phil. You just don't know how to enjoy yourself. Maybe you're right. Come on in, Jackson. Hey, come on in, kids. Okay, come on, Beavers. Come on. Phil, is Alice home? No, Alice took the children to a Halloween party and I had to stay home with her money. <laughs> Well, if you ever need a sitter, call me up.
So you're, you're here all alone, huh? Yeah, but I don't mind, Jackson. I've been sitting here looking through my old picture album, you know, when I was a kid. Can we see them, Mr. Harris? Sure. Hey, look, there's a picture of me in school when I was in the first grade. See it? Gee, what a cute bunch of little kids. But the teacher looks kind of familiar. That ain't the teacher, that's me. <laughs> oh, yeah, you were kind of slow in school, weren't you, Phil? Yeah, the teachers didn't seem to like me either. They were always picking on me. Did they make you stand in the corner? Listen, Junior, I stood in the corner so much I was the only kid in class with a triangular forehead. <laughs> triangular forehead? Gee, how'd you get rid of it? He massaged it till the point went to the top. <laughs> Say, Phil, this picture here, that, that's Remley, isn't it? Yeah, that's Frankie. <laughs> that picture was taken 18 years ago, the day he got out of school. Oh, on graduation day. Well, why isn't he wearing a cap and gown? Look, Jackson, the school Remley went to, you didn't graduate. You just had to be able to get over the wall. <laughs> oh. Incidentally, he never would have made it if I wasn't there to give him a boost. <laughs> Phil, I think you're just... Oh, uh, excuse me a minute, Jackson. Hello, this is the residence of Phil Harris and Alice Fay. And... Oh, I'm sorry, honey. I didn't know it was you or I'd have given you a top billing. <laughs> no, I'm not alone. Jackson dropped in with a bunch of kids, so I brought out my album and we got to talking about old times. You know, effervescing. That's reminiscing. <laughs> hmm. I know, honey. One of the kids just told me. <laughs> what did you call me for, baby? Uh, oh, okay, I'll be right over and get you Well, we've got to run along, Phil Okay, Jackson, see you tomorrow So long, kids Bye, Bye. Gee, that Phil Harris is a nice guy But I wish his wife Alice Faye was home Yeah, she's beautiful She certainly is <laughs> She's got the bluest eyes I've ever seen Oh, yeah? Yeah <laughs> Come over here under the street light. There. Now, come on, kids. We've got about five more houses. Now, now, look at where we go next. Hey, I know a good Halloween trick. What? Well, there are five of us. Let's go tip over Don Wilson. No. <laughs> no we mustn't do that. But, but I know what. Let's go over to Mr. Wilson's house anyway. Okay. Come on, Beavers. Come on. It's getting late. All right, kids. Here, here's Don Wilson's house. Gee, it's dark inside, but the door is open. Look, I better go in alone first. Okay. Now, wait here. Don. Don. Hmm, it's so dark in here. Don! Don, where are you? Jack! Jack, we're in here, me and the sportsman. Oh. Well, Don, what are you doing in this big house with, with all the lights out? We're telling ghost stories. Jack, we have a wonderful Halloween song we want to do. Yeah? Yeah. There are a few places where you join in, and there's one place where we want you to do a weird, crazy laugh. A weird, crazy laugh? All right, let's start. Well, we have to wait about 10 seconds yet. Why? We can't start till 9.26 bull of a witch time. Oh. <laughs> All right, but look at it. We've only got about... We've only got about five seconds more. Ready, everybody? Okay. L-S-M-F-T. L-S-M-F-T. 
with thrill. There's a house on a hill full of spooks, but we will frighten them away. Take off my toupee. Come with the wolves, we will howl. This is our night to howl, and we'll hoot like an owl. Hoot, hoot. We are the goblins who know where the warm breezes blow. And tobacco leaves grow. L-S-M-F-T. That's a smoke for me. So take a tip from a ghost. Use tobacco they toast. It's the one we like most. Huff, huff. Now? Go. Oh. Now? Yes. Go. <laughs> Aren't we the ones? Whoops. Look, there goes the skeleton. I'm shaking like gelatin. Before you get frightened, you better start lighting the lucky, and then we can go. So take a puff and you'll see, and we're sure you'll agree. And say lucky's for me. They are first again with tobacco men. Now, if you hand us our broom, we'll be leaving here soon. And go haunting for F.E. Wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Well, Jack, uh, maybe we could use it as a commercial on the program sometime. No, and it would scare all the people. Well, I better go. The beavers are waiting for me. So long, Don. So long. Ouch. Hmm. Imagine putting a mouse trap in a fruit bowl. he doesn't want people to eat his fruit, why doesn't he keep it locked up like I do? <laughs> hey, kids. Kids, come on out. We'll... Kids. Now, where did they go? I better give the beaver a call. Oh! <laughs> Gee, that's the beaver's distress signal. I better hurry. Coming, fellas! Coming! Gee, I wonder what happened. I hope it's nothing serious. Well, there they are behind that fence. What happened, fellas? What Stevie happened? Stevie tore his pants climbing over the fence. Yes, and I want to go home. Oh, come on, Stevie. That's nothing to cry over. What's so bad about tearing a hole in your pants? I was carrying my rabbit there, and he got away. <laughs> I want to go home. Oh, don't let that rip in your pants spoil our fun. Now, I'll climb over the fence, and I'll fix it for you. <laughs> well, so long, fellas I better go home, too We all better go home, huh? Okay, Mr. Benny But before we break up We want to say something to you What is it? What is it, man? For he's a jolly good beaver For he's a jolly good beaver For he's a jolly good beaver And he's only 39 Ah, <laughs> uh, thanks Thanks a lot, fellas Thanks a lot See you at the next meeting Good night Good night Ah, gee, what a night Such fun Ah, it's great to be young 
Uh-oh. I wonder... Well, it, it won't hurt to try. Trick or treat? I'm sorry, but I'm only the watchman in this bank. understand it. Some people never want to get into the spirit of this thing. <laughs> well, I might as well go home, I guess. Hop, hop, till you drop. Skip, skip. Don't you trip. Step on a crack, you break your back. Oh, darn it, I stepped on one. Man, nobody saw me. For I'm a jolly good beaver. For I'm a jolly good beaver. For I'm a jolly good beaver. Why don't I pay my dues? Why don't I pay my dues? Jack, we'll be back in just a moment, but first. A recent impartial survey covering all the southern tobacco markets reveals Lucky Strike, first again with tobacco men. Yes, more independent tobacco experts smoke Lucky Strike regularly than the next two leading brands combined. Excuse me, but who are these tobacco experts? They're the independent auctioneers, buyers, and warehousemen, men with years of experience buying, selling, and handling tobacco. And it's important for you to know that more of these independent tobacco experts smoke Lucky Strike regularly than the next two leading brands combined. You've heard the survey results. Now here's what Mr. James Alfred Walker, veteran independent tobacco buyer, who's attended more than 3,000 tobacco auctions recently said. At market after market, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy good ripe tobacco, that smooth, fragrant, fine tobacco that makes a real fine smoke. So it's only common sense for me to pick Luckies for my own cigarette. Smoked them for 17 years. A Lucky Strike smoker for 17 years. And remember, Mr. Walker, like you, looks to the cigarette he smokes for enjoyment. Real deep down smoking enjoyment. So light up a Lucky yourself, and puff by puff, you'll see. L-S-M-F-T. L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, and this fine Lucky Strike tobacco means real deep down smoking enjoyment for you. Yes, puff by puff, pack by pack. You'll like Lucky Strike. Good night, everybody. <clears throat> this is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Good health to all from Rexall. It's Sunday, time for the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, presented by the makers of Rexall Drug Products and your Rexall Family Druggist. Good evening. This is your Rexall Family Druggist, taking a little time from behind the prescription counter this Sunday evening to speak for all 10,000 of us. The 10,000 druggists who have added the word Rexall to our own store names. You can always tell us by the orange and blue Rexall sign in our windows. The sign means that 
we carry the 2,000 or more drug products made by the Rexall Drug Company. They range all the way from aspirin to penicillin, and they're as fine and pure and dependable as science can make them. We recommend them to our customers because we know you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. Good health to all from Rexall. And now your Rexall family druggist brings you the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. Written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Walter Scharf and his music, yours truly, Bill Foreman, and starring Alice Faye and Phil Harris. It is four o'clock in the Harris household, and the children have just arrived home from school. They're an hour late, and Phil and Alice are a little upset. Well, it's about time you children got home. Where have you been? Yeah, why were you so late? The teacher kept us after school, Daddy. Yeah, she said the homework we did last night was all wrong. So? (laughs) My children can't grasp the simple things they teach in the elementary grades. The trouble is you don't pay no attention. You think you know everything. You won't listen to your elders. Now, after this, if you have any trouble, come to me with your homework. That's what we did last night, Dad. (laughs) Oh. And what makes your teacher so sure it was wrong? said George Washington was our first president, not Petrillo. Well, that's a moot point. Daddy, the teacher gave us these pamphlets for you to read. Let me see them, children. Hmm. These might help you, Phil. Political history of our country, current issues of the political campaign, party platforms... Hold it, Myrtle, hold it. Just... Take it easy. You might not know it, but I don't have to read pamphlets to know what's going on in this country. I'm right up to the minute on world affairs and current events, like every good American citizen should be. Well, I'm glad you feel that way, because there's something I forgot to tell you. The election committee called, and they want us to help out at the election on Tuesday. Election? Mm-hmm. Somebody's running for something? <laughs> well, we're voting for a president. They want me to work at the polls, and they want you to go around the neighborhood and get the people to vote. Oh, but Alice, I can't be bothered with that stuff. Let somebody else do it. Oh, Phil, that's not the right attitude. This is an important election. That's right, Daddy. The teacher says it's the duty of everyone to do their part. Please do it, Daddy. We'll be proud of you. You'll be running the election and helping to pick the president. Yes, Phyllis, but I can... Running the election, huh? (laughs) be picking a president, huh? Well, if it's up to me to pick them, we don't need no election. We'll call the whole thing off. I'll make big changes. Bill. Yes, big changes. I'll make a clean sweep of the whole country. Bill, stop swinging your arms. If anybody came in and... Yes, sir, the... I'll sweep everything. look what you did. Oh, well, gee, I didn't know that anybody was in back of me. It's my brother, William. You knocked him out. <laughs> Oh, 
As I was saying, I'll sweep everybody up. Phil, don't let him lie there. Help him up. Okay, okay. How is he, Phil? How is he? Is he unconscious? With Willie, it's hard to tell. (laughs) Yeah, he's out all right, honey, but I'll bring him to him. Well, hurry, Phil. Rub his wrist. Slap his face. Not with your fist. Come on, Willie. Willie, come on. Snap out of it. Willie, come on. Snap out. I'm sorry it happened. I didn't even know you were there, and I... Well, Willie, say something, Willie. Speak to me. Good morning, Philip. For that, I had to bring him, too. I'm glad you're all right, Willie. It was an accident. I don't believe it. I think he did it on purpose. Oh, don't be ridiculous. Phil would never hit you on purpose, would you, Phil? Nah. <laughs> He was just carried away with himself when I told him about his being appointed to the election committee. Yes, sir, and they showed great judgment. Who could do a better job of getting those women out to vote? Why, I'll have them dames eaten out of my hand. All I got to do is call at their homes, turn on that Harris charm, and I'll have all them women coming... Hold it, Buster. Hold (laughs) it. Philip, frankly, I don't think the committee made a very wise choice. The importance of voting in this election should be explained to the people, and I don't think you're capable of doing it. I doubt if you even know who's running. I don't know who's... Oh, Oglethorpe. (laughs) Homer J. Oglethorpe, please. Go buy yourself a new snuff box. But you know, answer me. Who is running? Oh, you don't know, huh? Well, of course I know. Among the candidates, Thomas E. Dewey, Harry Truman, Henry Wallace, Norman Thomas, and J. Strom Thurmond. But of course. (laughs) I hope you know, Phil. I didn't want to tell you, but several of the committee members questioned your ability to do the job. In fact, a few of them are coming over this evening. They questioned my ability. My ability. Well. (laughs) This is... This is the sort of a thing that cuts a man to the quick. Bill, they're just coming over to find out if you're capable of handling it. You have to have a knowledge of politics in case people ask questions. Let them ask questions. Let them ask questions. Let them interrogate me. What was that last word? Me. Yeah, me. Me. I can explain to those people the importance of voting this year. It's the political issues involved which concern the, uh, well, the, uh, I'll get it. Glad that bell rang. I really don't know too much about this. There must be some way I can find out before election. Hi, Curly. Frankie. Hey. Hey, what do you know about politics? Everything. I probably know as much about politics as I do about music. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. (laughs) Not if there's anything you want to know, just ask me. I'll take a chance. Now, look, who are you voting for in the presidential election? I ain't voting. (laughs) I don't believe in changing presidents. Well, some people think we should. Well, that's because they haven't followed the career of our president as closely as I have. I say the man's doing a good job. And as long as he continues to do a good job, let's keep Hoover there. Frankie. Yes? Mr. Truman is the president of the United States, not Hoover. Oh, oh, God. 
Now, is there anything else you want to know? Yeah. Have you seen a doctor about that slow leak in your head? <laughs> Look, Remley, I'm on the election committee, and they're coming over tonight to find out what I know about the different parties. Curly, your education's been sadly neglected. Didn't you learn anything in school? First thing they taught me was that there are two major parties, the Whigs and the Tories. <laughs> Those two I know about. There's more? <laughs> well, there must be. There are a lot of other fellas running this year. There's Harry Truman, Thomas E. Dewey, Henry Wallace, J. Strom Thurman, and Thomas. Thomas? John Charles. <laughs> Look, Remley, you know even less than I do about this, and it's our duty to find out about it. I hope you realize the importance of voting. Well, of course I do. Look at my poor father. One year he didn't vote and they passed prohibition. <laughs> and what's wrong with prohibition? I mean, worse things than that can happen. Like having an atom bomb go off in your hand or something. I mean, after all, Remley, you don't know anything. Don't you know anybody that I can talk to who knows politics? Well, why do you have to know about it? Well, because we have to know what we're doing when we vote. If we pick the wrong guy, we can get into as much trouble as people did when they had that, uh, that Nebuchadnezzar. What was wrong with him? Well, besides his name. What was wrong with him? Oh, Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon. There was three children from the land of Israel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They took a little trip to the land of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. He took a lot of gold and made him an idol, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. And he told everybody when you hear the music of the cornet and the flute and the harp. You must fall down and worship that idol, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. But the children of Israel would not bow down, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. You couldn't fool them with a golden idol, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. I said you couldn't fool them with a golden idol, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. So the king put the children in the fire furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Then he heaped on the coals and the red-hot brimstone. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Seven times hotter, hotter than it ought to be. Shadrach! Shadrach! He burned up the soldiers the king had put there. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. But the Lord sent an angel with snowy white wings down in the middle of that furnace, talking to the children about the power of the gospel. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Burn a hair on the head of that Shadrach. Meshach, Abednego, laughing and talking while the fire was a jungle. Shadrach! The Lord was on their side. Old Nebuchadnezzar called, hey there, when he saw the power of the Lord. And they had a big time in the house of Babylon. Shadrach! Shadrach! Meshach, Hey, Curly, I've been thinking. Why do you have to ask somebody about politics? 
Books have been written on the subject. You must have one in the house. Yeah, yeah, we must have. Hey, hmm? let's look at my book collection and see. Your book collection? <laughs> Naturally. I have quite an extensive library. Mm-hmm. There they are. Go ahead, look for yourself. Oh. Rubiata of Omer Khayyam. <laughs> Emerson's Essays. Rise and Fall of the Roman Empire. Masochistic Tendencies of the Malayan. That one was excellent. A smasher. You liked it, huh? Well, that and Homer's Iliad, I, I just couldn't put them down. I, I suggest you read it, Mr. Remley. Yes, maybe I would. No. I'll wait till I make the picture. <laughs> See what else you got here. The architectural influence of the Elizabethan era. The Rover Boys at Tehachapi. Curl. <laughs> Alice, she goes for that light, frothy stuff. Aha, uh-huh, of course, of course. Ah, here's a book that'll help us, Curly. The Machination of Political Regimes During the Industrial Revolution. Ideal for our purpose, Mr. Remley. Right. Now, let's see. Uh-uh. What's the matter? Uh-uh. Hey, Remley. What? We'll never understand this. The words are too big and complicated oh, Bill, for us. Bill, I... Oh, hello, Frank. Hi, Alice. Hey, Alice. I've been thinking about it, and... Hey, uh... Maybe I shouldn't serve on that committee. Oh, but, Phil, I think you should. It's important to call at people's homes and get them out to vote. I know that, but they're going to ask me questions, and if I can't answer them, they won't even let me in their homes. Hey, Curly, I got an idea. Why don't you practice on Alice and me? Pretend we're a married couple and you're trying to get us to vote. Okay, Remley, I'll... Wait a minute. (laughs) You and Alice are married? Mm -hmm. I don't like that. (laughs) Don't be a child. We're only playing house. Go on now, you go to the door and ring the bell All right, I'll try it once Okay, Alice Now we'll make like we're a married couple Mm -hmm. You put your head on my shoulder I'll put my arm around you like Mm -hmm. this Uh (laughs) Is it comfy, dear? Mm, Yes, darling Wait! (laughs) We ain't gonna do it that way, Remley Please, don't tell me how to play house. Now, go on, you, you go outside and ring the bell, and I'll let you in. And let me in fast, brother. I don't want no pause between me and the bell ring. And the door opening. Let's make it all work fast, huh? Like this. All right, but see that you get the door open. I'm oh. going to try. No lulls, Dad. No lulls. <laughs> Look, Alice, we got to make it tough for Curly. Yeah. We'll pretend we're not interested in voting, and it's up to him to convince us that we should. Miss right. Fair, bring your groceries in the kitchen. Oh, thanks, Julius. Hi, Mr. Emily. Where's Mr. Harris? All right, beat it, kid. We're busy. <laughs> Go on, scram. Scram! Stop, Porsche Mac. <laughs> I'll go. I ain't overjoyed at the prospect of your company anyway. Someone's at the door, darling. Well, answer it, sweetie pie. Be- 
away, will you? I'm talking to Alice. There's someone at the door, Angel. I'll get it, honey. Let's get it together, sweetheart. <laughs> Angel? Honey? Sweetheart? This is certainly a nauseating situation. <laughs> I better sneak up and find out what's going on. I'll open the door, dearest. Careful of your itty bitty hands, Cookie Pie. <laughs> I don't know which is more nauseating the situation or the dialogue. <laughs> Coming. Uh, hello. Uh oh, it's Mr. Harris. Now the fireworks start. <laughs> Madam, uh, my name is Phil Harris. Does he have to introduce himself every time he comes home? I'd like to talk to you, lady. May I come in? Oh, not now. I'm very busy. Come back some other time. Well, uh, well, if I can't talk to you, may I talk to your husband? He's got to ask her if it's all right to talk to himself. I'm sorry, but my husband is busy and I... Is there somebody I... at the door, darling? I... Oh. Well, and who is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is Mr. Harris, darling. Oh? Mr. Harris, I'm Mrs. Harris. And this is my husband, Mr. Remley. <laughs> I guess I just don't understand these Hollywood marriages. Well, what's on your mind, Harris? Well, there's something I got to talk to you two about. There's something I must know. Uh-oh, here's where the shooting starts. <laughs> What do you want to know? Are you two voting next Tuesday? <laughs> now, there's a shrewd question. <laughs> now, I can't stand no more of this. Mr. Harris, can't you see what's going on oh, here? Oh, Julius, what are you doing in here? He delivered the groceries. Oh. We thought he left. Oh. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, Mr. Limley. Call him his fake cookie pie right in front of poor Mr. Harris. Hey, hey, what do you know? The kid's sticking up for me. Yeah, I'm sticking up for you. I can't let your wife do this to you just because you're a poor, broken-down old musician who ain't got enough... Never mind! Get off my side. Now, Peter, will you, kid? Go on back to the grocery. Okay, Get okay. out of it. All right. Darn, kids spoiled the whole thing. Now we don't even... Oh. Well, I wasn't doing too well anyway. Well, Phil, it might help you if, you if you read those pamphlets the children brought home from school. They explained the candidates, their platforms, and how the government is run in a very simple language. Yeah. The pamphlets. Hey, come on, Frankie. We got just time to read them things before the committee gets here. Come on. See okay. you later, honey. <laughs> Gee, it's nice to see Phil take an interest in the election. Maybe he'll find out a few things about our country. It's a big place and there's a lot to learn, such as... Copper comes from Arizona. Peaches come from Georgia. And lobsters come from Maine. The wheat fields are the sweet fields of Nebraska. And Kansas gets bonanzas from the grain. Old whiskey comes from old Kentucky Ain't the country lucky New Jersey gives us blue And you, you come from Rhode Island And little old Rhode Island Is famous for you 
Spuds from Louisiana Little gophers from Montana And spuds from Idaho Big plowlands in the cowlands of Missouri Where most beef and poor roast beef seems to grow Grand Canyons come from Colorado Yes, and divorces also do. And you, you come from Rhode Island, and little old Rhode Island is famous for you. Pencils come from Pennsylvania, best from West Virginia, and tents from Tennessee. They know mink where they grow mink in Wyoming. Hey, Frankie, did you finish reading all the pamphlets? Uh, yeah. Pretty interesting, aren't they? If you say so. <laughs> well, they are. According to these pamphlets, almost any kid in this country has a chance to grow up and be president. Not having any kids, I ain't interested. <laughs> but supposing you did. Just picture it, Frankie. Someday you get married, and after a year or two, the stork comes to your house, and who knows? The little one might grow up to be president. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the only stork that ever grew up to be president. <laughs> Look, Curly, forget my kid and think about your committee. They'll be here soon. Now, can you memorize everything you read? Well, I hope so. There's an awful lot to remember, though. All right, I'll brief you. First, our form of government is divided into three branches, legislative, executive, and judiciary. You know all the candidates and their different platforms, and of course you know that we don't elect our president through popular vote. We send members to the electoral college who in turn elect the president. You follow me? Yeah, I got most of it. <laughs> but what was that stuff after you said, I'll brief you? Tell you once more. The government is the. Wait a minute, too late, Frankie. Now, there's the committee. Oh. I think I'll remember everything if they'll just start asking questions fast before I forget. Well, don't wait. Start I'm talking politics start. as soon as they can. I will. Oh, Phil, Phil, the committee is here. Uh, Mr. Johnson, Mr. Cohen, this is my husband, Mr. Harris. How do you do, Mr. Harris? How are you, sir? Our government is divided into three branches <laughs> the legislative, the executive, and the judiciary. <laughs> How am I doing with my answers, Alice? Not bad, considering they haven't asked you any questions yet. <laughs> uh, won't you be seated, gentlemen? Uh, thank you, but we can't stay long. Uh, now, Mr. Harris, we're merely here to find out if you're familiar with election procedure. We know you are, but some voters might ask silly questions like, how is the president elected? Well, that I know. Now, the president is not elected by popular vote. Instead, we vote to send members to an electrical college. <laughs> 
after they graduate from college, they vote for us, and that's why it takes four years to elect the president. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's a very keen analysis. Yeah, Mr. Harris has a great brain. Someday we hope to find out who graded it. <laughs> Mr. Harris, do you know anything at all about politics? Do you know who you're going to vote for yourself? Naturally. I've made up my mind, and I know exactly who I'm going to vote for. Uh, well, off the record, I hope you're voting for Mr. Truman. Of course. Who else? I think Mr. Dewey is the better man. That's what I said. Mr. Dewey, by all means. <laughs> of course, there are people who like Mr. Thurman. And I'm one of those people. How do you feel about last? You couldn't find a better man than... Cut that up! <laughs> Mr. Harris, according to you, you're voting for three men. Do you think we should have three presidents at the same time? Why not? While one is joining Indian tribes and the second one is out fishing, the third one can stay at the White House and get some work done. <laughs> Mr. Johnson, I think we've heard enough. Shall we go? Yes, yes. <laughs> Mr. Harris, I don't think you're the man for the election committee. Unfortunately, we can't prevent you from voting yourself, but we... Uh... <laughs> We can keep you from lousing up everybody else. <laughs> Good night, sir. Oh, but gentlemen, Mr. Harris... Good night, Mrs. Harris. You have our deepest sympathy. You didn't know what you were talking about at all. Well, I was trying to... Being on the committee isn't too important, but before you vote, I wish you'd find out more about the candidates. You're right, Alice. You're absolutely right. And I'll admit I don't know too much about them, and it's our duty, and it's the duty of everyone to vote intelligently on Tuesday. I'm going to start reading up on the candidates right now. Oh, me too. I didn't realize it before, but now I know it's important to pick the right man. Well, come on, Frankie. Let's study these facts. Now, this explains the platforms of Mr. Truman, Mr. Dewey, Mr. Wallace, Mr. Thurman, and Mr. Frankie. What are you doing? Hmm? Well, I'm choosing the man I'm going to vote for. Well, how are you doing it? I'm putting all the names in a hat, and I'm going to pick one. <laughs> oh, Remley, you can't do it that way. Well, it's too late. I already picked the name out. Here it is. I'm voting for... Funny, I didn't even put this one in. Who is it? Some guy named Stetson. You picked out the label. <laughs> Remley, sit down. We're going to read this book right now. Phil and Alice will be back in just a moment. Pardon me, mister, but where can I find a Rexall drugstore? Well, they're all over the country, my friend. Ten thousand of them. Most of them independent family druggists like me. But you can always tell them by the orange and blue Rexall sign in the window. And that sign means they sell Rexall drug products? Exactly. More than two thousand of them. Yes, we Rexall druggists may disagree about politics and football teams, but there's one thing we're really sold on. I know. Rexall drug products. Right, my friend. 
You see, we druggists know that Rexall products are carefully and purely compounded, that they're tested over and over again, and that they're constantly being improved by the never-ending research that goes on in Rexall's big laboratories. So when our customers ask us to recommend a brand, we just naturally tell them you... You can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. Well, how did you know that? Because I found found it out for myself. (laughs) Why do you think I was looking for a Rexall drugstore in the first place? (laughs) See you next Sunday, folks. Good night now for the makers of Rexall drug products and your Rexall family druggists. Look for the blue and orange sign in their windows. It means they carry the 2,000 or more Rexall drug products. And these 10,000 family druggists tell you, you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. This is Bill Foreman wishing good health to all from Rexall. Sunday is fun day on NBC. Stay tuned to this station for the Edgar Burke and Charlie McCarthy show, which follows immediately. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Hello again, this is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the 1938-1939 season of the Jack Benny Show. Tonight's episode, we get a chance to celebrate Halloween with Jack. I know it's a few days late, sorry about that, but it's the way it is with the show. Sometimes I can sync them up pretty well and sometimes they're off by a little bit. Anyway, um, great episode. You're going to get a chance to hear some singing by Rochester, and the whole gang sings together on a song. I always love it when they do that, and they take turns going around. Andy Devine's going to stop by. Uh, just uh, the the singing on the episode was just reminding me about um, an article that I read in the book Well about Jack and his the cadence of his dialogue, how it's so similar to music, and uh, his whole Mr. Mr., and then Yes, um, just how, how how similar that is in form to, to music and how we'd, we'd expect the same thing um, to happen. You know, Don, Don, and then an insult, and then Dennis, Dennis, and then an insult, and uh, just kind of the layout of the show, the way created it. It's very similar to musical form, and we get used to that repetition, just like we get used to hit songs. And uh, I just thought it was a real different article to read. Um, haven't talked much about Jack, the books about Jack lately, so I just thought I'd mention well, since that was uh, where I read that article. Um, let me go through the articles really quick in the book well. Uh, it's tricky. when you If, you, if you're going to buy the book uh, that's titled Well with an exclamation point, Reflections of the Life and Career of Jack Benny. It's uh, about 150 pages long, and right now it's, uh, if you look at Amazon, it's listed like in three different places, and one of them has it going for like $19 new and like $14 used, but if you stumble in the wrong place, it's like $42 new and, uh, I don't know, 30 some dollars used and it's the same book so make sure you don't do that I wouldn't pay any more than about 20 bucks for it but um, it is edited by Michael Lena and some of the articles in it if you liked um, Milt Joseph Berg's uh, The Jack Benny Show if that book is similar in that it's got it's all written by Milt, of course, but 
it's got um, it's broken down kind of all the chapters are like separate articles on different things they'll have you know one on Dennis and one on Dawn and one on Rochester and so forth which makes it an interesting read it's it's one of my favorite Jack Benny books and Wells kind of like that only be written by a lot of different people but there's here's some of the articles anyway I remember Jack the sweetest music this side of Waukegan in the movies with Jack Benny, finding himself in the footlights, Jack Benny in vaudeville. That'd be an interesting one to read. The woman in Jack Benny's life, an examination of Jack's luck with the fairer sex and radio, TV, movies, uh, Benny's war. Um, probably about his uh, World War II. I bet that's where I read the statistic that he was second. Uh, <coughs> he performed for more troops than anybody except for Bob Hope. Huh, I'll have to read that one again. Cheapskate Benny or Generous Jack. Balls around Benny, which is of course one of his writers writing about Jack. To be or not to be Jack Benny in Hollywood, 1940-1945. Jack Benny and Fred Allen, The Fierce Fighting of Good Friends. My Adventures in Hollywood by, uh, by Jack Benny, so Jack actually writes that article. Benny's Floopers and Blubs. <laughs> Uh, Bloopers and Flubs by Michael Lena, the editor of the book. Uh, Better Play. Uh, oh, Better Play Dawn by Jack Benny. Maybe that's about Dawn. Hmm. Uh, Jack and Johnny to each a fan to each a friend by Steve Levine. I don't think I've read all these. I've just read some of them now that I look at it. I'll have to go back and spend some more time. Uh, From the Cradle to the Grave, the births and deaths of the principal characters of the Jack Benny program. What are you laughing at? The comic voice of Mary Livingston. I read that one. It's really interesting because you don't read many articles that are just about Mary. So that's a fun one. Mel Blanc, the man of a thousand voices. That's cool. Uh, Jack Benny, cartoon star. Uh, Jack Benny, guardian angel. Timing is everything. And finding Jack Benny in today's Waukegan. So those are all the articles that are in the book Well. Uh, that you can find, like I say, on Amazon. A fun read. Some of the articles are certainly better than the other ones, but uh, I would suggest it. Uh, what else? Anyway, enjoy the episode. I hope you enjoyed our, our presentations this week for, for Halloween on the 75th anniversary of War of the Worlds. And I'll talk more about the War of the Worlds on Sunday night, I guess. So, uh, anyway, tune in tomorrow, and... Uh, Enjoy your weekend. The Jell-O Program, starring Jack Benny, with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Kenny Baker, and yours truly, Don Wilson. The orchestra opens the program with Rainbow Round the Moon. This is the time of the year when it's fun to get the fireplace going, set up a card table, and have Sunday night supper by the fire. And here's a simple, attractive menu. Toasted sandwiches with hot coffee and delicious Jell-O salad. You can make your salad ahead of time and serve it when you're ready. And there are dozens to choose from. Shimmering lemon Jell-O, generously filled with diced chicken. 
Refreshing orange jello combined with crisp carrots and celery. A tempting green mold of lime jello with sliced canned pineapple inside. Whatever jello salad you choose will be a hit with the family, for jello combines perfectly with fruits or vegetables, chicken or seafood, and gives you grand looking, grand tasting salad. Just be sure to get genuine jello when you buy, for jello brings you that wonderful, extra rich fruit flavor that can't be topped for salads or desserts. So look for the big red letters on the box. They spell jello. played by Phil Harris and his orchestra. Now, ladies and gentlemen, tonight we take you to Jack Benny's new home in Beverly Hills, where he's throwing a Halloween party for his whole gang. Take it away, Beverly! I'm no million of time to care. Oh, the pocket's full of three bottles, Eddie. Bottles, is it? Hey, Rochester, will you hurry up with those sandwiches? They'll all be here in a minute. Yes, sir. I'm no millionaire. And I'm not... Now stop no... that crooning, will you? You're no Bing Crosby, you know. That's right. He's fairer than I am. <laughs> yes, slightly. And look, Rochester, look how thick you're cutting those sandwiches. I'm no millionaire either. Now slice that roast beef a little thinner. I'm using a razor now. <laughs> well, sharpen it. Goodness, you think I was expecting a crowd of starving Armenians? Well, I don't think you got enough to eat here, boy. Rochester, there's plenty of food for everybody. Nobody's going to go hungry at my party tonight. Just the same, I could make a lot of money bootlegging hot dogs. <laughs> Oh, you could. Now, Rochester, you know perfectly well that I always have to give me that. This is the only house in the neighborhood where the mice are picking in the pantry. <laughs> now, that's just a lie. On this morning, using my rowing machine. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Jack. Happy Halloween. Gee, I'm glad you got here early. You can help me get things ready. Okay, but you better be careful, Jack. All the kids in the neighborhood are out tonight, and they're raising the dickens. Well, naturally, Mary. After all, it's Halloween, you know. Yes, but you ought to see what they just did in front of your house. They tore your big sign down. What sign? You know, the one that says, uh, Jack Benny's Residence, Admission, 25 cents. <laughs> oh, darn those kids in this neighborhood. I'm going right out there and give them a good spanking. Do you see who they were? Yes, it was Ronnie Coleman, Wally Beery, Bobby Taylor, and the Barrymore Brothers. Oh, the Beverly Hills mob, eh? <laughs> what a bunch of rowdies. <laughs> <laughs> Remember last year when they put ink in your swimming pool? Yeah, and all the time I thought the water was too cold. You remember? Every time I took a swim, I turned blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, those kids better not go in the backyard this year. I set a bear trap for them. A bear trap? Yeah, that'll fix them. Say, Mary, open that jar of stuffed olives, will you, and put one on each plate so it'll look nice, will not it? Just one on each plate? Yeah. What are they stuffed with, platinum? <laughs> oh, Rochester. What do you want, boy? I thought you were going to bring your brother over to help out tonight. Where is he? He's in September. September. <laughs> 
September? See, that's an unusual name. How did he get that? Well, you see, boss, I was born in Rochester, and he was born in September. <laughs> oh, I get it. I... Of course, of course, that's only his middle name. Oh, his middle name? Huh? Yeah, he was born in the middle of September. All right! <laughs> Never mind that. Get him out here. I want to talk to him. Oh, September. Come in. You call me, brother? Yeah, the boss won't talk to you. Now, uh, September, I suppose you've had experience working at private parties, haven't you? Well, I was... Oh, he's had the... experience, all right. <laughs> that boy, that boy's been around. Rochester, I'm talking to Septi. <laughs> now, listen... This is a rather delicate question, but I suppose you're honest. I mean, you can be trusted. Well, I don't like to commit myself. What? Oh, he can be trusted all right. He used to work in a bank. Oh, in a bank, eh? Well, that's good enough for me. I'll give him $3 for helping me out tonight. Only $3? Well, I'll bet that's more than he got at the bank. Why, man, there was more than that stuff to his broom every day. <laughs> Well, that's all I'm going to pay. Now, get busy, both of you. How are you coming along, Mary? Fine, Jack. And stop eating those olives. You'll spoil your dinner. That's what I'm trying to do. Oh. Well, then think of me. Some of my gang don't get an olive on their plate tonight. They'll go around saying I'm cheap. And another thing, Mary, don't put so much lettuce in that salad. What is this, a rabbit's convention? Oh, for heaven's sake, Jack. An extra head of lettuce isn't going to break you. That's not the point. I don't like... I like to see things dainty. If they're any daintier, we'll have to use tweezers. <laughs> Now, you just wait. If you want to know something, Mary, we're going to have a squab for dinner. One squab for the whole gang? Yeah. What are you going to do, wave it at us? <laughs> well, there'll be other things, won't there? Vegetables and fruit and dressing and... What are you going to have for dessert? Popsicles. And they're delicious, too. <laughs> answer the door, Rochester. You answered, September. Well, you closer than I am. No, I think you're closer. No, no, you is. Well, we've got to open that door. Is there a surveyor in the house? <laughs> now, one of you answer it. Never mind, I'm in now. Oh, hello, Kenny. Hello, Jack. Oh. How am I doing? Say, you're the regular Halloween kid, aren't you? I suppose you've been out raising the dickens tonight, huh? Have I? Yeah. And you know, when I left my house tonight, yeah. I stuck a pin in our front doorbell so it keep on ringing all the time. <laughs> oh, boy, you should have heard it. A pin in your own doorbell? I bet your mother and father were mad, huh? Nah, they're away for the weekend. <laughs> Kenny, that's the silliest thing I've ever heard of. You're the only guy in the world that would ring a doorbell to annoy someone in an empty house. Well, that's nothing. When I go home tonight and open the door, a pail of water's gonna fall on me. <laughs> it is? Yeah. Oh, boy, I can hardly wait. <laughs> I can imagine the surprise. Kenny, put down that olive. You'll spoil your dinner. Oh, one little olive isn't gonna hurt him. Don't be so stingy. It's not that, but everybody'll want one. And besides, they look nice on the table. Say, Jack, I'd like to clean up a little bit before dinner. Can I go upstairs and wash my hands? Yeah, but it'll cost you a nickel to get in the bathroom. <laughs> now, Mary, you know better than that. So don't pass any of those smart remarks. Say, Kenny, when the gang comes here later, we want to have a regular party. You know, a lot of entertainment and fun. Will you sing a song for us? Sure, well. And say, Jack, I got a pip, too. You want to hear it? Yeah, well, wait till the gang gets here. No, I want to do it now. 
I want to see if you like it. Oh, all right, go ahead. Say, Mary, peel those hard-boiled eggs, will you? They're old enough to peel themselves. Do as I say. <laughs> go ahead and sing, Kenny. Hey, boss, boss. What is it, Rochester? You know that bear trap you set out in the backyard for those kids? Yeah. Well, we just caught a bear in it. <laughs> a bear? Well, if there's an Italian on the other end of that chain, I worked with him in Bordeaux. Let's go out and see. Sing, Kenny. The night is filled with music, the grass is filled with dew, and I be filled with a heavenly feeling if my arms were filled with you. Must you dance every dance with the same fortunate man? You have danced with him since the music began. Won't you change partners and dance with me? Must you dance quite so close With your lips touching his face And you see I'm longing to be in his place Won't you change partners and dance with me Ask him to sit this one out, and while you're alone, I'll tell the waiter to tell him he's watered on the telephone. You've been lost in his arms ever since heaven knows Kenny, that song was simply wonderful. It was swell. Oh, did you really like it, Jack? I sure did. But say, I wonder where all that applause came from. There's a seal in the goldfish bowl. Oh. <laughs> a trained bear in the backyard and a seal in the goldfish bowl. This place looks like the NBA club. <laughs> hey, Rochester. Yes, sir? Uh, where's that bowl of punch I made? I want it out here on the table so the guests can have a drink before dinner. I'm afraid that punch is kind of weak, boss. 
Weak? Yes, sir. If you ask me, it could stand a gin transfusion. <laughs> now, Rochester, nobody asked for your opinion. And incidentally, I thought I heard some dice rattling in the kitchen before. You can cut that out, too. Dice? I wasn't fooling with no dice. Well, I thought I heard it. Now, get back to work. Yes, sir. By the way, how's your brother doing in the kitchen? Fine. He just won the gas stove from the cook. <laughs> oh, he did, eh? Hey, September. September. Is someone paging me? Yes, I am. I don't want any crap shooting going on in this house. You're here to work, and that's all. Remember that. There's the door, Rochester. There's the door, September. You've got new shoes. Break them in. <laughs> I'll get one of you guys to answer that door if I have to tie a pork chop on it. <laughs> Rochester, answer the door. Doors, doors, doors. I'd like a job working the tent sometime. You will if you're not careful. Say, Jack, I'm getting hungry. What are we going to eat? Kenny, you'll eat when everybody gets here and put down that goldfish. Well, I'm only petting it. Tell him what you did with the other one. Kenny, if you eat another goldfish, you'll get yours. Hello, Mr. Hare. Hiya, Rochester. Well, hiya, Phil. Well, Phil, I thought you'd never get here. Come on in, Barbara. Barbara? Oh, Jack, uh, I hope you don't mind. I brought a girlfriend of mine along. Hey, I should say I don't. Hey, she's beautiful. Wow! Kenny! <laughs> uh, come right in, Miss... Uh, Miss... Uh, this is Miss Whitney. Oh, how do you do, Miss Whitney? Uh, welcome to our happy little gathering. Thank you, Mr. Betty. I'm so glad Phil invited me. I do hope it's not an imposition. Oh, no, no. The more the merrier. It's always open house at the Chateau Benny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, by the way, Miss Whitney, uh, this is Kenny Baker. Hello, Kenny. Boy, I could go for you. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Don't mind Kenny. He's such an impulsive kid. And now, Miss Whitney, I'd like you to meet Mary Livingston. Hello, Mary. It's so nice meeting you, my dear. Oh, Raleigh. Well, it's just too, too ultra, ain't it? <laughs> Mary. Well, those sweet dames burn me up. <laughs> you little minx. <laughs> Say, and Phil, old man, I, I'm so glad you were able to make it tonight. You know, we're going to have a squab for dinner. I knew it wouldn't be two. <laughs> well, I didn't know you were going to bring a guest. At that, we may have a little trouble carving it so that everybody gets a piece. Why don't you send it to the Mayo Brothers? <laughs> Don't be so cute. You want to hear, you, you know, the, you, the way you hear this gang talk. <laughs> I'm so nervous. She's so beautiful, you know. I think... <laughs> no, really. You know, to hear this gang talk, Miss Whitney, you'd think I was a regular old miser, wouldn't you? Yes, I would. Hmm. <laughs> well, fellas, as soon as the rest of the gang get here, we'll put on the old feedback. Mr. Benny? What is it, Rochester? A man just brought in a case of champagne. Did you order it? A case of champagne? Certainly not. I told him you wouldn't buy champagne if Sally Rand was behind every bubble. <laughs> well, anyway, I don't want it. Send it back. Yes, sir. <clears throat> if he didn't get so many laughs, I'd fire him. <laughs> Good heavens, what's that? 
Oh, hello, Don. What's the big rush? Oh, boy, I got here just in time. Hi, fellas. Hi, Don. Hi. Don, 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 you're all out of breath. What happened? Well, I've been out celebrating Halloween, and you know that big white house up on the hill? Yeah? Well, I had a bar of soap with me, so I sneaked up to the window and I wrote on it, Jell-O has six delicious flavors, strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime. Why, Don, you little scallywag. Did you get caught? Yeah. A man came out and kicked me right between lemon and lime. Well, brush yourself off, Don, and join the party. Oh, by the way, I want you to meet a friend of Phil's. Uh, uh, this is Miss Whitney, Don Wilson. How do you do, Mr. Wilson? Well, I'm very glad to know you, Miss Whitney. Are you familiar with Jell-O? Don, please, you've just met the young lady. That's all right. I have a weakness for Jell-O myself. Oh, uh, is that your only weakness, Miss Whitney? <laughs> <laughs> If I'm not too subtle. You're about as subtle as a circus poster. Mary, I'm talking to Miss Whitney. But you know, Miss Whitney, I've had a feeling all evening that I've seen you somewhere before. Are you by any chance in the movies? No, I'm not. Well, I am. In fact, I'm a star at Paramount. And then, of course, there's my radio work, too. Tell her how much money you make and get it over with. <laughs> Mary! You know, Miss Whitney, there are times when Miss Livingston just drives me frantic. But I suppose, well, well, most women are like that. Uh, don't you think so, Miss Whitney? I mean... Yes, but why don't you stand still? Oh, that's just a habit of mine. Pretty girls always make me nervous. You know? If I was her, I'd yawn right in your face. Mary, please. <laughs> we have company. I'll say you have. What are we going to eat? Yeah, gee, I'm starving. Pretty soon, boys, pretty soon. Hey, Rochester, how about dinner? We'll be ready in a few minutes. Okay, come on, folks. No use waiting any longer. Let's start in with these hors d'oeuvres first. Oh, boy, one at a time, for heaven's sake. What's the matter with you guys? Oh, I want two of those sardines. Kenny, you'll just take the one with your name in front of it. <laughs> now, don't be a pig. Gosh, this is worse than Russia. Now, Miss Whitney, don't be bashful. Take anything you want. Just help yourself. I tried to, but you hit my hand with a fork. Oh! <laughs> Was that you? I... <laughs> Got all mixed up in this crowd. I'm so sorry. Hey, Phil, hand me that deviled egg. Oh, no, I saw it first. Oh, I want a piece too. No, 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 get away. Hey, everybody, let go of that egg. (laughs) Now, let go. This is the first meal I ever saw with a referee. (laughs) Well, you need one here. Now, everybody sit down at the table and stop acting like a pack of cannibals. Uh, Miss Whitney, you sit right here at my left. Thank you. And, Phil, you sit way down at the other end of the table. I could sit in Pomona and I wouldn't have to worry about you. That's so. (laughs) All right, uh, Rochester, we're ready. (laughs) There's the door, Rochester. There's the door, September. I wonder who that can be. Only I was thinking of the same thing. Well, stop guessing and see who it is. (laughs) You have no idea, Miss Whitney, what I go through with these two boys. The servant problem is simply awful. I know. I'm a chambermaid myself. (laughs) Oh, at the Billsmore, I thought I recognized you. I've seen you around there lots of times. Don't be a sap, Jack. She doesn't work there. She's only kidding you. As if I didn't know. (laughs) Say, she's not the type at all. Just the same. I'll bet you can whip up a room in a hurry. Now, don't be catty. 
Hey, look who's here. Hiya, fellas. Happy Halloween. Hey, well, you, you finally got here, Andy. What happened to your Ma and Pa? I thought you were bringing them along. Well, you know, it's Halloween, Buck, and they're going out to a costume party. A costume party, eh? Yeah, Ma's going as Marie Antoinette, and Pa's taking an axe. <laughs> Well, that ought to be a lot of fun. It's too bad that uh, you had to miss it, Andy. Uh, sure was, Buck. I was all set to go as a geranium. <laughs> as a geranium? <laughs> yeah, but I look lousy in a flower pot. <laughs> well, you'll have a lot more fun right here. Say, Andy, I want you to meet a guest of mine, Miss Whitney. Hello, Andy. Hiya, Babs. What are you doing here? Why, Andy, do you two know each other? Oh, sure. We used to go to high school together. Hey, Babs, will you ever forget the time I kissed you? <laughs> I certainly will. <laughs> well, Andy, you might as well sit down. We're about ready to eat. Oh, uh, Mr. Benny, I'm sorry, but there's going to be a slight delay. What's the matter now, Rochester? Well, September had a little argument with the cook and threw the squad at him. He did? Yeah, it hit him right in the mouth, which was open at the time. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Shall I serve the dressing? The cook ate the squab. That's all we had. What are we going to eat now? Well, there's that bear outside. Do you like venison? <laughs> Never mind that. Now, Rochester, run right down to the store and get some Frankfurters and hurry. Yes, sir. Gee, I'm awfully sorry, fellas. Oh, that's all right. Gee, Miss right. Whitney, I hope the next time you come here, everything won't go wrong. Oh, that's all right. I think this is quite jolly. Really, it's fun. That's a lie if I ever heard one. It is not. Now, look, fellas, while we're waiting, how about having a little entertainment? Who plays the piano? I do. All right, how about a song, Phil? Oh, oh, that's right. Right. Come on, come on, come on Phil, sing something, huh? Oh, all right, but I don't do so well on an empty stomach. Oh, oh don't worry, we'll eat later. Come on, Phil, what'll it be? Well, how about, uh, whatever you got that gets me? Oh, hey, that's right. right. Okay, hit it, Kenny. Let's have some fun tonight, boys. Hey, let's have You haven't got that certain glance You don't romance And when we dance You only dance But what have you got That gets me Can't you hear me call it rain and You haven't got yeah. That tiny nose Or fancy clothes Or lips like petals on a rose But what have you got That gets me yeah. You tease me You taunt me You let me sigh I want you to want me, but why? You haven't got a coat of tan, a rich old man. You just play cards on your divan, but what have you got that gives me? Well, Phil, say, Andy, how about you singing a chorus? Oh, not me, Buck. I'm a little hoarse tonight. Oh, well, I'm glad you told us. Well, all right, all, all right. I'll do it if Mary sings with me. Sure, how about it, Mary? I'm so weak now, I'll do anything. Oh, Have a go, Mary. Mary. Get right all right, hit it, Kenny. You haven't got that certain plan. You don't romance. And when we dance, you only dance. But what have you got? That gets me. Here's what I got. A cow, a goat, a gravel throat. My voice sounds like an old coyote. That's what I got. That gets you. 
You're happy, you're slappy, but I love you. I'm Don Juan and Romeo too. You haven't got a grand physique, your chin is weak. But I got what they call technique. That's, That's what, what I got, got back in me. Hey, Don, how, Don, how about you and I singing a chorus? Huh? Okay, Jack. Come on, hit it, fellas. I can follow Andy. You haven't got a form device. You're not streamlined. Your hips would make 14 of mine. But what have you got that gets me? Here's what I got. It's strawberry and raspberry, orange, lemon, lime, cherry. That's what you've got that pays me. Yeah, man. You're sweet, Jack. You're neat, Jack. But oh, so tight. It looks like we'll all starve tonight. Right. I haven't got a squab that's true for you or you. For a guy like you, that's nothing new. So what have you got that gets me? was all right, but, gee, you guys didn't have to insult me insult in that Insult you? You invite us here for dinner tonight and we don't get anything to eat. Well, it's not my fault. Accidents can happen, you know. Anyway, Rochester will be right back here with the Frankfurters. Excuse me a minute. Hello? Say, Mr. Penny, I'm over here at the Delton Testing store. You forgot to give me money for the Frankfurters. Well, you pay for them, Rochester, and I'll give it back to you later. Well, I don't know about that, boys. Now, Rochester, pay for that out of your own pocket. I ain't got no pants on. <laughs> That's a lie. You had pants on when you left the house. They could have worn out, you know. That's ridiculous. If you're not back here in five minutes with those Frankfurters, I'll... I'll move you out of the guest room. Now, hurry up. Well, looks like we might have to... Hey, fellas. Hey, where are you? Hey, fellas. We're out here in the kitchen. You ought to see what we found in the icebox. Oh, boy, a turkey. Come on, let's cook it. Cook it, nothing. Give me a drumstick. Now, wait a minute, fellas. Wait a minute. I'm saving that for Thanksgiving. Well, let's tie him to a chair, fellas. We got yeah, to eat. It's a brand new dessert the whole family will enjoy. And it's so easy, so inexpensive, so good to look at that you'll enjoy making it. It's the new Jell-O butterscotch pudding, a real triumph in desserts. Just picture it for yourself. Crystal sherbet glasses each piled high with this rich-looking taffy-colored butterscotch pudding. It's luscious with good old-fashioned butterscotch flavor. It's mellow and smooth and creamy. It's swell dessert. And butterscotch is just one of three new Jell-O puddings. There's Jell-O vanilla pudding, a lovely creamy color with a delicate flavor of real vanilla, a grand all-family dessert. And there's Jell-O chocolate pudding, as delicious as the kind that Mother used to make, but far quicker and easier. For these tempting new Jell-O puddings require only a few moments cooking. There's no fuss or bother, and the simple directions are on every package, and you can't go wrong. So try them all and try them soon. The best way to get acquainted is to buy three packages at a time. Ask your grocer tomorrow for Jell-O, butterscotch, vanilla, and chocolate pudding. This is the last number of the fifth program in the new Jell-O series, and we'll be with you again next Sunday night at the same time. Gee, that, that Miss Whitney was beautiful. And so charming, too. Do you, uh, Mary, Mary, do you think she liked me? Oh, 
sure. How could she resist you, you big, strong dope? <laughs> Good night, folks. appears on the Jell-O program through courtesy of Mervyn Luai Productions. This is the National Broadcasting Company.